What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's going on? It's Johnny King. On this episode, I want to talk a little bit more about the business side of things. The business. Let's talk about business. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's interesting how, you know, rewind 12 years ago. I would quit my job working in corporate America because I knew I was extremely unhappy more or less following the, the, the programming that I had been raised with, which was, you know, get a good education, get a good job, you know, white pick a fence. Well, that didn't work out for me. I really, uh, my marriage had fallen apart. Um, I, I really hated the man I had become. And uh, so I quit my job. I quit my job because I had realized that I was prioritizing the need for Security, certainty, like the need for money, and the need for significance, you know, like like being of value, being of worth. I had prioritized those things over my need for love. All my life I had lived, you know, uh, as kind of like a hopeless romantic and codependent for sure. But as soon as I had... Uh, Lock down, you know, that, that relationship, my priorities shifted. And I remember when that moment happened. And uh, then there was another shift <laughs> after the, the, uh, the, the marriage fell apart where I went back to uh, focusing more on uh, prioritizing love and prioritizing growth and contribution, which led me into my very first business, which was opening a gym. Women for, for primarily for women in the Midwest who really hated the gym, right? So uh, I was led into that, but prior to that, I had a lot of people be like, why don't you become a personal trainer? And I was like, personal training is like, I just can't, you know, and I won't go off on a whole uh, whole thought on this, but t- t- for me, the the business model didn't work because I had to trade, you know, one hour for working with one client. And if the client ghosted me, I'd lose that hour and that income. Right. So it wasn't until, um, you know, I, I kind of, my buddy sent me a, a program that was, uh, you know, how to open a six figure boot camp in 90 days. And the light bulb went off that I could, you know, work with a lot more than just one pe- person in an hour, right? And ultimately, at the heyday of my, my gyms, I was working with over 80 people in the single hour, right? So, okay, one-to-one. A lot of times that type of business is the easiest business 
to to get into because you it probably need it needs the least amount of effort. You can find one person that you can help them improve their life in one way or another, and you come to agreement as to what the compensation will be, and you move forward with that, right? It takes a little bit more effort for marketing to create, uh, you know, a, a groundswell of individuals who are who find what uh, you know that they have a a common problem, let's say, and that you can satisfy it satisfactorily <laughs> in a way that you could do a, a group offering, right? So when it comes to coaching. Um, one-to-one obviously is the easiest. Oftentimes it can pay really well. Um, and yet for me, especially as I've gotten into this, um, I remember when I was doing one-on-one coaching for $100 a month. <laughs> this is not that long ago, you know, um, a couple of years, many years, oh, a couple of many, I don't know, more than three years ago. And then I remember raising my price to 250 uh, a month, I thought that, oh gosh, I don't know if guys can afford this, you know, <laughs> and I, at the time I was also working with women, primarily working with women still. Then I raised my pricing to $500 a month, and then $1,000 a month, and now it's 2000 a month or more, right? There's there's a small percentage of people that can afford to pay two to five grand a month for coaching and who really not only can afford it, but are willing to put in the time and effort to make it of value because they're they're applying what we talk about in our coaching calls, right? What's easier in the coaching space is to do one to many. Just kind of like with my with my gyms where I was doing one, you know, I was training 80 plus people per hour. It's a lot easier sometimes. Uh, well, I shouldn't say easier. One-on-one is easier. It's a lot more difficult to, to capture that many people, get them all in one place, and do one-to-many when it comes to um, to group coaching, but it's a lot more efficient, oftentimes a lot more profitable, right? But it just takes time, right? It takes time to build up your personal brand and everything else. And so what's interesting about coaching, and I say this because I'm, I'm currently in – in a space where I'm working with a ton of coaches, um, current coaches, up and coming coaches, seasoned coaches, we're all learning different skills and becoming better. But I'll tell I'll tell you honestly, like I've struggled with this over the years, where coaching is kind of similar to how I feel about personal training. <laughs> um, I I. There are times with certain clients that I really enjoy one-on-one coaching. But there's also a lot of times I don't. And I have had to fire clients. Or clients are, you know, they reached out to me and it's like, hey, you know what? I'm just not feeling like it's a good fit. And I've been thinking the same thing. I'm like, yeah, like, this is not good. You know, you're not showing up. You're ghosting me. You're not following through on the things we've talked about. This is not a good fit, right? So there has to be healthy boundaries in that sense. Um, but it also, just like with my, with my gyms, like with, with coaching, it just takes time to build the authority to where there's enough, like I said, a groundswell of people that, uh, that want to purchase your offering, right? And so it takes time also to figure out 
what it is that you're offering to the marketplace. Because if people aren't purchasing your, your services, either they don't know that you have a service to offer or you're offering something that isn't of value, right? So having said all that, it also makes me feel like, again, if there's another pandemic, if the world goes to shit again or in a different way or there's a World War III, I believe, and I could be totally wrong, where's one of the first places that people would probably pull back and get scared and you know, not want to spend discretionary income? I find that it's in the coaching space. And I feel like there are a lot of coaches out there in the same way that there's a lot of professional athletes, but probably just the and same with actors and actresses. Um, but there's only probably that 1% of the actors or the highly ta- talented athletes who get paid like crazy well, right? And same thing with coaches. There's a lot of coaches who are kind of hand to mouth and are really struggling to to get the whole business figured out. And for me, it can be exhausting because you have to keep showing up on social media, you know, even with this podcast. I love the podcast, I really do, which is why it's lasted so long. But it still requires, you know, effort to put out three episodes a week. And I've been doing it for over two years. And uh, even when I got into it, my buddy was saying, hey, this is a long-term play. This might take five years before it really starts to gain traction, before you get, to re- you get to be really good at it, you get that many reps, before you start to monetize it. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I didn't really think about five years from now, but I was willing to just say, you know what, let's just try it. And if it doesn't work and if I'm not digging it, then I won't keep doing it, Right. But I say all this because I know there are coaches that listen to this podcast. There's, you know, a lot more that don't. But it's an interesting um, profession at this point because there's, like I said, there's a lot of coaches. There's a lot of people that put out feel-good, positive thinking, kind of white noise, if you will, on social media. And, And don't get me wrong, I'm one of them at times for sure. Uh, the hard part is to to differentiate yourself from the white noise that's out there on the market, especially when it comes to social media, which is a great way, obviously, to market yourself, and a lot of times it's free. But if you fall in line with everyone else, then you just become vanilla. And I struggle with that. I struggle with social media. I struggle with the feeling of um, of of like finding that balance between really truly wanting to contribute as a high value of mine and not let it get uh, muddied by my desire to feel of worth or significant or special, right? So all of this has led me to really thinking through like, okay, even as an entrepreneur, I want to diversify my income, right? Um, because... You know, I was, I was even watching a show last night on Netflix called Alone, and all these like survival specialists get dropped off in the uh, kind of like Arctic backcountry of Canada, and they're all, you know, working to survive for a hundred days so that they could possibly win a million dollars. And for a lot of these people, a million dollars would set them like financially. It would be like amazing, right? And I totally get it. 
And yet even a million dollars these days compared to, let's say, 30 years ago, doesn't get you much. <laughs> maybe it gets you a house or maybe it gets you three quarters of a house these days, depending on what city you live in. So a million dollars, yes, is amazing. Who, and who wouldn't take a million dollars? But a million dollars today certainly is not a million dollars as it was 30, 40 years ago, right? And that'll certainly be the case in 30 or 40 years from now. You know, probably be like $10 million in 40 years from now is no big deal. God, I hope not. Houses for $10 million that we're all buying uh, as a like first starter home. <laughs> who, who knows, right? But in looking at, you know, entrepreneurs and uh, successful people who have really uh, done a great job of of creating wealth, of creating generational wealth, I know statistically it shows that they have at least seven streams of income, right? Um, and so if you think about that, then they cannot have seven jobs, right? <laughs> they need to be at least the business operator, if not the business owner, to seven or more ways of making money, right? So if you've, if you've been a, uh, a listener of this podcast, I know uh, I've talked about Airbnb a fair amount. Um, I also do Turo, so I Turo out one of my cars. Um, I have money that I still make through my old kind of coaching business. I still work with women. Um, I don't promote it a whole lot, uh, men and women, for that matter, with their health. And so I still make money through, through that, through, uh, through selling like nutrition programs and uh, meal planning and all that stuff to, to help them lose weight. And then I also do my coaching practice, one-on-one uh, -on -one clients. Um, I've got my, did I say Airbnb? I think I said that, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I've just recently, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I guess it'll be about three weeks ago, I bought a new HVAC business. And so my thought with that would be to, again, find something that was uh, a little bit more recession-proof, right? This is a business that actually grew during 2020 and 2021 before I bought it this year in 2022. And so for me, it's... Uh, it's kind of creating what uh, Ray Dalio talks about as like an all-weather strategy. And he's talking about investing so that no matter whether we're in a bull or a bear market, uh, whether we're in, you know, in a recession or things are booming, that uh, you have uh, a wealth strategy that allows you to capitalize and make money no matter what. And my thought is like, okay, that's what I want too when it comes to income. Because you could have a million dollars, like win a million dollars like you would be on, on this show called a loan. Let's say you're, you're lucky enough to do that. Or you inherit money or uh, you, know, you sell a, a house and you make a good chunk of change. A chunk of change is great. Don't get me wrong. But if you start living off of it, then it's a finite you know, pile of cash that, that slowly or very quickly, depending on how you spend it, is depleted, right? Whereas in, if you were to have a, a business, right, then you actually create income. 
And so I've been talking to a lot of different people who are wealthy, and a lot of times they've said, you know, at times we felt very cash rich, but very income poor. And they would rather be income rich um, and ultimately cash rich as well. <laughs> but income really does help pay the bills, does it not? So the whole idea and a lot of what I've researched and, and studied over the years that I still, I'm still like feel like I'm just scratching the surface is for me personally, granted, it's a lot easier when I don't have a wife and kids. And, and if you're listening to this and you've got a lot more mouths to feed, yes, it's a lot more challenging in some regards. But, you know, if, if this is something that resonates with you, then you need to figure it out, right? You need to figure it out. And maybe that's like selling your home and taking $200,000, you know, profit out of that home. And maybe you get into a small apartment, not a small apartment, but an inexpensive apartment for a couple of years just until you're able to, uh, create greater income. Like you're going to have to sacrifice. And that's what I did. I moved out of my house. This is shortly before I was married. I moved into a, a really inexpensive apartment and I leased out my townhome um, to make a little bit of positive cash. That was at least moving me in the direct, right direction and it lowered my uh, financial nut that I had to crack each month, which ultimately then led, let's say two, three months later, when, uh, when I found out that the marriage wasn't going to last, it allowed me to feel a lot uh, l- less nervous because I didn't have as high of a you know, financial burden on my back, right? So ultimately, again, especially speaking to coaches out there that, that might be listening to this, um, I love what you're offering. Obviously, I do it myself. The world needs it, but it's not easy, <laughs> right? Being a coach, you're literally running. You are the, the employee. You're the employer. You're the business owner, the business operator. You wear all the hats, and you know this. You're salesman, you're uh, admin, you're customer service, you're marketer, and it can be daunting. It can be exhausting, and I feel like the people that are truly successful in the coaching arena are those that have really learned and to, to really be a, uh, a proficient entrepreneur, business owner, marketer, you know, or they've learned to hire that out and, uh, and become, you know, proficient. And it's not only just those things, let's be honest, a lot of it comes down to having the self-esteem, uh, the, the confidence to be able to show up day in and day out, especially when you don't feel like it, and keep doing the things that lead to having you know a successful business. For me, it's been a struggle because I have really I've I've dealt with that uh, those feelings of inadequacy or disappointment a lot in my life, which comes from my childhood, which I'm working through, but it has a, a deep impact on my lack of consistency in certain areas of my life. Like, I've been consistent. I haven't missed a podcast. Cool. But do I make money off of this? Not directly. I don't monetize this podcast. Certainly, guys might hear this, uh, and I've gotten plenty of clients who are like, hey, I've listened to a bunch of your, your episodes, or I read your book, and I love uh, your story, and I want to work with you. Cool. But it's, that's, you know, that doesn't happen as often as I would like to, <laughs> like to have, right? And yet at the same time, I also don't love the idea of having 
my my calendar filled with one-on-one coaching calls. It's just not the way that I want to do it. Like I want to be able to go hiking and go travel and go jump on my bike. And um, I I live for creating time freedom. That's what I time freedom, financial freedom all the freedoms that roll up into this whole concept of becoming kings. But that is my main driver is that I want to be free to spend my time doing whatever it is that I want to do with whomever it is that I want. And at the end of the day, let's be honest, I want to be uh, present and available for my future wife and kids in a way that I wasn't for my previous wife and for my kids in a way that I didn't receive when I was younger, right? Like my, my wound, <laughs> my, mo- my mom and my dad wounds. I want to become a better husband and father. Um, and for me, I, I cannot be if I'm not around, if I'm not present, if I'm not, if I'm super stressed, right? So a big part of creating a, uh, let's say, a business empire, <laughs> I like to think of it that way, where it just generates income, and I get other smart people to help me sustain that over the years is to be able to then feel free to do what I want to do when I want to do it and to travel and to, to learn and to laugh and to have fun and to eat all the great things and hang out with my wife and kids in the future and ride horses and go on hikes and camping and you get it, right? That's my vision. I'm sure you have your vision. Uh, and if you don't, then that's step number one is to get that dialed in. But for me, it's, it's and I think a lot of people f- are, are pursuing the coaching, um, the coaching thing because it gives them a sense of purpose. It gives them a sense of fulfillment, which it certainly does for me too, and I get that. And yet it also is very challenging, and it takes a lot of effort. And a lot of times it can be um, hit and miss when it comes to income. It can be feast or famine. You know, you can sign up three new clients like I did like, I don't know, four months ago within the span of like two weeks. I signed up two, three new clients, each of them paying over $1,000 a month, and then two of them bailed uh, within the next 60 days, right? So it went from like, hell yes to like, fuck me, right? And yet, that's just life. People get into things, things change, they get scared, they run out of money. Um, You know, there's, there's things that just happen. So that is why I highly suggest that you look at ways where you might have to take a short term sacrifice, um, and for me, it, it has been over the years moving out of a home that I enjoy and moving into a, an apartment, but to Airbnb your place, turn a liability into an asset, right? Um, your, your biggest expenditure in most of our lives is our living expense, right? Our second biggest living uh, expense is travel, transportation. And our third is food, now, in a lot of these, <clears throat> excuse me, personal finance um, podcasts I've listened to, they say if you can do the, what you can to have those first two covered by other people in this shareable economy, do it. And so that's what I've done. I've moved out. I have multiple Airbnbs, which I make money off of, which is great. 
And that sometimes really does, quite honestly, sustain me um, when I have those down months in my coaching uh, business, right? As I continue to face my fears and work on becoming more uh, confident and clear on my messaging and, and what I'm offering. And like I said, I have a couple of cars. I lease out one of them through Turo, which more than pays for the you know, maintenance and the gas and the insurance for both vehicles. So I don't really pay for my transportation either, right? I put everything on my I travel hack. And so there's a free travel hack program online that I found uh, through uh, Phi uh, F1. Or not F uh, not F one. Jeez, I'm thinking of like <laughs> Netflix Drive to Survive. It's uh, financialindependence.com, I believe. And uh, and so I've been doing that for several years to where I'm acquiring points, so that when I do fly, I put it on points, right? Uh, and it's paid for by things that I'm already naturally buying for myself or for for my businesses, right? So if you do it uh, intentionally you can create a little system where you have a very small kind of expenditure type uh, footprint, right? But it takes organization. It takes uh, time. And so those are all the things that I want you to think about, if, especially if you're an entrepreneur or you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur and leaving your day job. There are also a lot of other guys that I've met who are part-time coaches, but they have a day job. And I'm like, dude, quite frankly keep the day job as long as you can to allow that to not only feed your family, because I think that's super important um, if they've got one, but also to help if you have discretionary income to fuel the growth of your coaching business, right? Until you really get it dialed in, you feel so secure that you could quit that job, that you could be making more than enough income through your coaching business. So those are my two cents worth. If I were sitting down with you and saying, okay, what are some things to think about I would not necessarily do what I did, which was just to quit my job cold turkey, whether you're single or you've got a family, because I, I, I ultimately, uh, you know, exhausted my, I had like $10,000 worth of like savings at the time, right? I exhausted that within three months, maybe. Yeah, three months. And then I had to start kind of writing out those checks that I get in the mail from my credit card company right? And I went into nearly $40,000 worth of debt over the course of the next probably a little over a year before my, my boot camp was making it, my gyms were making enough money. Um, let's just be honest, my gym at that time, my one and only gym before I expanded, um, uh, to where I could actually take some type of, you know, salary or income. So that took time, man. Coaching is going to take time potentially. It doesn't have to. And maybe you're one of the few that really steps into it and really cranks from day one. But I've also worked with clients who get in and they start cranking and they think, oh, man, this is going to be easy. And then, <laughs> you know, things become not so easy, right? So anyways, a little bit longer podcast today, focusing on entrepreneurship and coaching and, and you know, really challenge you to think about what is your strategy? What is your long-term outcome. For me, it's time freedom to be with my loved ones. That's always what it's been about. That's what it will always be about. 
but interweaved interwoven interweaved interwoven in there also is a an immense desire to to give to contribute to grow right and that's why i also love the coaching space because as as scary as it can be at times cuz i have to face my own fears and look at myself in the mirror <laughs> and reflect back, I also, uh, it holds me accountable to being the best version of myself. I love that. Uh, but it also can be exhausting and uh, overwhelming. And so I like other business ventures as well that aren't as emotional and just are like, comes down to the numbers like real estate, like this other business I just recently bought, this HVAC business, to, uh, to help supplement um, and, and have them all begin to thrive. So that's, that's my focus. That's my approach. It doesn't have to be yours. You have to find your own way. It doesn't help to compare your life to mine. Uh, but it is, what's important is for you to be better today than you were yesterday and to be more and more intentional and not just say, okay, coaching's it. And that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to create this great business. There are those coaches that live completely off of their coaching income. Um, but they are, I think the, uh, the exception rather than the rule. So I hope that's a value. Let me know. Always shoot me a text or email, uh, drop into my DMS. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, or if you have any other questions that you want me to expand on in another episode, feel free to hit me up and until then enjoy the day. We'll catch up with you soon. Take care. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.